The Seven Rock Life Show is about stories that inspire with people that you will admire, learning to develop new chapters in life, learning from the past, but letting the old stories expire so it gives room for the new stories you create. Our brand is about three things, victorious in your life, contributing to society, and having fun along the journey. Seven Rock Life is a lifestyle that inspires and gives back with a mission to impact the world one life at a time. I'm your host, Steve Mazurko. Thanks for tuning in and being part of this journey. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to Seven Rock Live Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Mazurko, and I'm along here with Bree Randall. And also, what's your... My new last name is Iceman. Because you're newly married. Yes. Awesome. It's great to have you on board on the Seven Rock Live show. And uh, just a little background on Bree. She's got her amazing uh, work resume, life resume, and just doing awesome things. And she really embodies the Seven Rocks. I was just telling her before that she just symbolizes what, you know, what the rocks are all about, being balanced in all years of life. So California native, she's a chief creative officer for Finch Activewear. Uh, she's been in that entertainment business and fashion business for years and still is. And she's just a, a person of faith and doing amazing things on the West Coast. So from East Coast to West Coast, we're here. Yeah. We you excited are. to be? I am stoked. I'm so excited. We've been planning this for a while. So yeah. finally got it got it on the books. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how like social media and how uh, the, the internet, you can have like your internet relationships and friendships and meeting you through my good friend Brian and everything that you guys are doing with uh, helping the, the universe and helping the earth with recycled water bottles and making activewear out of recycled water bottles. Yeah, yeah. Which is so cool. And we'll get into that more and everything. So, so Sarah Rock Life Nation wants to hear a little bit about Brie, uh, your childhood, growing up, what has made you who you are. So start from the beginning. Awesome. Well, wow, it's hard to compact 26 years of my life into like a quick Sparks Notes version. But <laughs> <laughs> Cliff Notes. Yeah, right? Cliff Notes. So basically, um, I was born and raised in Southern California. So I am truly a California girl. Um, I was born into a wonderful family. Um, my parents, my dad is Mike and my mom is Janet. And then I have a little brother, Brandon, um, not too much younger than me. He's four years, but we are best friends. Um, so grew up very close with my family. Um, I was definitely a tomboy at heart when I grew up. I was daddy's girl to the core. Um, so I rode dirt bikes and then You're badass. Yeah, <laughs> I tried to be. And then after I would ride dirt bikes, I would go trade in my boots and put on my ballerina shoes and go to class. Um, so I definitely got the best of both worlds because my mom is You definitely so, wore different hats. Yeah, definitely. So ever since literally I came out of the womb, I have been wearing different hats. So I'm very used to that. Um, and then yeah, I grew grew up um, in a cute little suburb town uh, called Corona, uh, which mm -hmm. is, for those who aren't from California, it's like 30, 40 minutes inland from uh, Newport Beach, which yeah. is where That's I live I was going to say, it's by Newport Beach area. Yeah, in yeah. a sense. Um, it's a hidden gem. It's a wonder there. Yeah. <laughs> like, nobody like doesn't realize how beautiful it is. Yeah, there. it's yeah. really pretty. But um, yeah, and so then I grew up there, and then, uh, like I said, I was riding dirt bikes and going to dance class, and then quickly I went into soccer, and then into musical theater and acting and singing. Huh. And so I was kind of doing all of these things, and at some point, I, I want to say I was like 10 years old, um, my dad sat me down and he said, you have to make a choice. Uh, do you want to be a really tough, badass girl or do you want to go and continue doing dance and theater and all that stuff? 
Yeah. And it was hard because I didn't want to make that choice. I love doing both, but at the end of the day, my true passion was in dance and theater and acting and singing. Yeah, why um, is that though? What got you into wanting to do that? Um, that just came from like truly when I was a baby. Like my parents mm -hmm. would play all different types of music. I picked up rhythms really quickly. I was yeah. dancing at like one. Um, and then my mom put me in classes the second I could actually take the class. I, I believe I was like two and a half when I started dancing. Um, so it was kind of just one of those things. It was like second nature to me. Um, and same with acting. I had a big personality when I was younger. <laughs> yeah. And so my parents were like, well, let's put her in acting. And um, they never pushed for it. Like if they had their way, I would be a dentist <laughs> or a doctor of some sort, something that was a little bit more secure. <laughs> but isn't that great though, when parents like let you be, you know, your, your, your kind of the avatar that you want to be in your life? Yes. I am so thankful because um, both of my parents really poured into me at a young age, um, basically telling me whatever my dreams are, big or small, like chase them aggressively. Um, they put me in life coach classes when I was young with my brother. Um, they had us reading books, like great books. Um, and like Zig Ziglar, I was no way. Yeah, listening to when I was little, yeah, had no idea who he was or like the power that that meant to have like a nine-year-old listening to that. Um, but I'm very thankful because my parents really pushed us in that sense of like, whatever it is that you want to do, if you want to be a teacher, be the absolute best teacher. If you want to be a dentist, which is their dream again, <laughs> be the best that you can be. Um, and so I had an amazing um, childhood just being pushed to my my limits all the time. Um, and sometimes it was really tough because like I knew what I wanted and my parents like would only push what, what my brother and I wanted. Like if they knew that I wanted to be in the entertainment industry, they were driving yeah. me every single to every audition, every weekend to every class. You had that home support. Yeah. So that was amazing. Um, and so, yeah, that was, that was my childhood. <laughs> That's so cool, yeah. What, um, you know, when you look at like Zig Ziglar and just kind of uh, being the mindset, because I believe, you know, you have your outside home and you have your inside home, mm. right? The feng shui of your spirit, your soul, your mind. When you look back at nine years old and 12 years old, being who you are now at 26, what do you remember of that kind of base of foundation of life perspective and listening to those things and having that grounded rock and way? Mm. That's a good question. You're going to get a lot of good questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, when I was like nine or 10, to be grounded is, it's a big, it's a big thing. Um, so I wouldn't say that I was necessarily like a grounded person, but I've always had faith in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's something that I've always stuck to. Um, I'm very blessed in the sense that my parents raised me in a Christian home. Um, it was actually I went to Catholic mass and Christian services, so both, because um, mm -hmm. my parents were married in the Catholic church. So I, I understood both. Um, and I think that that's really actually where my foundation came from. And then when I was listening to tapes, which would be now podcasts. CDs, MP3s, now podcasts. All of that, where you have to flip the disc over when you're driving oh in the car. <laughs> Do you remember the days that if you had a, a phone in your car, you were like the coolest thing in the world? Oh, yeah. Oh and my so god! You got phone in the car. Yeah. Wow. You were like it was like government status at yeah, that yeah, yeah. point. Like who are you? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so I kind of back to like my my faith. grounding and my faith. Um, 
all of that came from God. And then I think it helped when I was listening to these self-help books and reading them because it, it just kind of clicked for me. A lot of it did as long as I kept God in my found, as my foundation. Yep. Um, it was like, keep him as my base and, mm. and my strength. And then everything else is for him instead of like a lot of books are, which we were just talking about, like self-help, self-healing, which is great. Um, but you need to keep God as the foundation because that's like a duct tape. Yeah. It's a temporary fix. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we were just talking about that before how, and maybe you can get into it a little bit more because I asked you like, what are the gaps in today's world that you feel, Mm. whether it's man or woman, um, out there in the world. And and you were saying like, like true genuine, genuine faith. Could you walk us through a little bit of that? Cause it was really awesome the way you explained it and said it. Thank you. Um, yeah. So basically we were just talking about what are the gaps in, in my generation specifically. I'm 26 years old. Um, so I'm kind of in a place where a lot of my friends are either killing it in their careers, just starting out or still trying to figure out where the heck they are in this thing called life. Um, and so I love being able to be surrounded by people in all different walks, like wherever they are. Um, but something that I do feel that people are really lacking is a foundation of faith. Whatever that is, whatever high being you believe in, obviously, um, I believe in God and I stick to his word. Um, but I think that we are lacking as a society and specifically my generation, um, something higher than ourselves. We're taught to believe in ourselves and push for ourselves, live, live for ourselves. Um, everything is for ourselves, which is great. Um, of course you need to be self-motivated in that in that realm of things, but you also need to have something that's bigger than you. Um, and that gets you up in the morning and that gives you purpose for life other than yourself, other than just your family. And it's that source that you're, you're really counting on. For sure. It's an energy source. It's, um, it's everything. It's a light source. It's a, um, when things are going horrible, who do you turn to? What do you turn to when things are going great? Who do you praise? What do you praise? Um, and I think that's something that, so good. Yeah. That, that people are lacking. And I just, I never push it on people. I just tried to be a light and like, hopefully at some point my friends or acquaintances will be like, what is it about her? Like, what is that light? Why am I missing that? Yeah. And that's when you introduce it. Did you always have that peace and that kind of groundness or were there times in your life that you would go through seasons mm. and you're like, that light's not shining the way it was a few months ago. For sure. I mean, still, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's an ever-changing <laughs> evolution of myself, basically, mm-hmm. in my faith. Um, yeah, so I grew up in the church, like I said. Um, I knew God because that's what I was taught. You know, I, I went to Sunday school and my parents told me, this is Jesus and this is how it works. Yeah. Um, so I, I had my foundation. And then when I was like 18, 19, I didn't necessarily not believe in God. It was just more of like a time of question. Like I, w- I was 18. I was an adult, you know, to the world. Um, I could make my own choices. What did that mean? Yep. So I, I went through like a little bit of a rebellious stage. Um <laughs> And got a little bit edgier in that sense. Um, And then at that point, I was in the music industry. I was in the entertainment industry, full-blown living in L.A. Um, And then one day, truly by the grace of God, I woke up and was like, I need to change my life quickly. And so then I went and enrolled in uh, college at a private Christian school, Vanguard University. (laughs) Woo-woo! 
Um, my alma mater. When, when you said Vanguard, I was like, the Vanguard accounts? Like, where yeah. you invest money? That's what everyone like, thinks. I didn't know that they have a Christian church. Yeah. You know? I was like, yeah. wow. <laughs> Things are different. changing. Totally different. But, um, <laughs> yeah. your yeah. your uh, your tuition. Yeah, you know? like, exactly. <laughs> I am into that. To these funds. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so I ended up going to that school, and that's really where, as an adult, I fell in love with God. And where I dove into the word and I decided for myself that I wanted God and I wanted to pursue his heart, mm. not because I was taught and told that my whole you life. The decision was organic. Yes. It was a very organic, um, I mean, I don't mean, don't want to say born again, but it was, it was in a sense I was born again. Um, I was like, okay, God's for me. I'm going to do this. And then yeah. ever since then, I mean, every day is different. There's days where I'm so challenged and you know, sometimes weeks where I'm fallen off and I haven't been in the word. And then I kind of have to check myself and be like, okay, why, why do I feel so dark right now? Why, why do I not feel motivated? What is going on? I'm working out. I'm healthy. What's, what am I missing? My relationship so is great. That stuff too. Yeah. Wow. Normal. <laughs> yeah. Normal human. <laughs> um, and then the second I'm like, Oh my gosh, Brie, what were you thinking? I just haven't been in the word. I haven't done my, my morning five minutes, my 10 minutes. Um, being in the word or just gaining knowledge, gaining wisdom, right? Mm -hmm. Like seek, seek, you know, the kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. You're seeking because a lot of all the time. And I always say this is that we we're trying to operate on software that's expired and we're never upgrading and, and reprogramming our mentality mm -hmm. towards making life more efficient, right? We, we operate on such, um, uh, so many governors sometimes and sure. <laughs> these governors are just like, we think we're going as quick as we can, but we're not because you're in the wrong gear. You're in, you're in the wrong lane, right? Mm -hmm. So for you kind of doing those audits and, and those checks, how do you kind of balance yourself and do those checks? And, and when you feel that way, how do you, how do you get out of it? Or what do you do? I know you said you get into word, but what yeah. are some like breezes? <laughs> yeah. So some other things that I do um, is working out. I love to sweat. Hence <laughs> the Finch active work. Crush it. Yeah. <laughs> so I go, I'm a big hot yoga enthusiast. So I love to go take a hot yoga class. Mm -hmm. um, so when I kind of feel like the chaos around me is taking over, I just have to take myself out and go sweat it out. Um, it's a pretty good line, actually. I like that. That's amazing. <laughs> I'll take that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I do a lot of that. Um, I also love eating and cooking. Um, I'm a big food foodie. Um, so whenever I'm stressed out, I take it out into the kitchen and I kind of reground myself. Give me the knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, let me chop all of this. Um, so that's, those are the two places. And then also I'm recently married. Um, so a lot of the times. Say hello to Brock. Yeah. Brock, I know you're listening to Hey here. Brock. <laughs> um, yeah. So a lot of the times when I feel kind of like, okay, where's my balance off? Um, it's usually because Brock and I haven't had like a second to sit down and like catch up on life. Um, we're both in such hustle modes in our career yeah. that we have to like take a beat to be like, okay, hey, <laughs> how's it going? I'm Bree, you're yeah. Brock. Nice yeah. to meet you. We Let's still love each out. other. Let's make dinner. <laughs> um, so yeah. Whatever you learn new, people listen to this that are driving at a gym, wherever, um, doing yoga. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what are some relationship tips? How long have you guys been together for? Because I think it's in college. Yeah. So we've been together for four years, married for... Oh God, 
couple months. <laughs> we got married in September. I can't remember. I have like nine, it's about eight six months. months. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, eight months, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I can't do math. <laughs> yeah, mm, me either. Under pressure. Yeah. Um, what have you discovered through relationships and, and understanding each other? Well, so Brock is the relationship guy. He is a sports psychologist, so he's really good at relationships. Really, really good. Uh, whereas I have to work for them. They come naturally for him. For me, I have to work. Like, I have to remember... I need to text my friends. I need to reach mm. out um, just because it doesn't come natural to me because um, I get stuck in my own hustle yep. and I'm really good at isolating myself. I'm really good at being in a bubble and working myself to death. Hyper focus. Yes. And forgetting about the world around me. Um, so I really have to give it up to Brock and um, he pulls me and shows me like, okay, you need to reach out to people. You need to focus on friends and family. Um, and so that's something that is huge for me. Um, cause I love my friends and I love my family. When I am with them, I realize like, Oh, I needed that. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's really big. <laughs> yeah. That it's, and it's, it's an everyday. It's, uh, it's like your, your home, your, you know, you don't just take care of your home on time. You have to maintain it mm -hmm. and know, Hey, we need some alone time. We need to, um, get to know each other mm -hmm. and, you know, turn off the devices, be more in the moment. For you sure. Know, learn to do those things, and those are those are important. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I can tell you guys love each other, and you're just uh, genuine and you know, enjoy with each other's company. And it's fun when you're with somebody that just has the same vision as you. For you sure. Know, understanding, forgiving, and just um, pushing and, and kind of being your biggest cheerleader. Definitely. And it really helps that we have a lot of similar friends. So our friend group is close. Um, and also, what I started, my New Year's resolution this year was to have a friend over at least once every two weeks, and I cook them dinner. Um, and so I, for the most part, I've, great. I've held up my, my resolution. How do I get um, on that? How do we get on that list? Yeah. <laughs> Let <laughs> me schedule you in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I hope you like tacos cause that's my specialty. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. So I do actually love tacos. Oh, good. Me yeah. too. It's my favorite, uh, vegan or with me, I can do them both. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so that's one way that I keep in touch with my friends is I, cause again, I love to cook. And that really helps me release a lot of stress. So if I can cook while hosting a friend over, it's a great balance because I'm mm -hmm. keeping my community, but I'm also really helping myself and breathing into my own <laughs> my own life. Um, but you yeah. said something really interesting, and I don't know if people caught it, but to kind of just go back a little bit is you you know what triggers you or mm -hmm. what gives you more energy. Because you know when you exhaust yourself, mm -hmm. you're like, all right, I'm, I'm just spent. Because mm -hmm. you can get in a hyper-focus mode, especially if you're an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. It's like, I was up till two o'clock. I was on a plane at, you know, at four o'clock, five o'clock in the morning. I'm here today. And, uh, you know, with my boy Anthony and, and just, you have to just know how to turn it off when it's the right time, but then know what re-energizes you. Definitely. It could be with family. It could be cooking. It mm -hmm. could be a long walk on the beach. It could be jet skiing. It could mm -hmm. be golfing, right? Mm -hmm. You just got to make sure that those things are not something that overtakes everything else because then those are like fillers mm -hmm. where they're good things, but they don't progress you maybe say in your, your income stream world, they progress you in a relationship world, mm -hmm. but not in say, you know, and knowing where it goes, but knowing that because everybody's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Is there any other things that like, like re-energize you? Um, I would say well, definitely, I mean, diving into the word, like I said, uh, taking some sort of yoga class or mm -hmm. fitness of any kind, um, just to get sweaty and then, um, working out and spending time with my husband or my family. Yeah. Um, that it's beautiful. And, yeah. and my family are my friends as well. So I categorize that as one. So when I spend time with them, it kind of takes my mind off and, and I love that 
my friends and my family, they don't need to know every detail of my work life because when I'm with them, I want to turn it off. I love what I do and I dive into it, but sometimes I need to be able to turn it off and you have to find people who can, you know, find interests in your life that doesn't, areas. yeah, in other areas. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's good stuff. Now, now kind of going through like your teens to your early twenties, cause this is like before you met Brian and getting to Finch. Walk us through that world of yeah. Brie in, you know, uh, in college or right after college. Yeah. So um, I'll take you a little bit before that. So in high school, I was um, full-blown a um, singer. <laughs> I was in the entertainment industry. I was in a girl group. Um, I was living in LA Thursday through Sunday night, and then I would come back to school on Monday. Um, so that was my high school life. I ended up my junior year, um, dropping down to, or not dropping down, but I did homeschooling just cause I was missing so much school. Um, cause I, before that I was on the dance team and then I needed to like really focus on my LA career. And so then that's when I feel like I really became an adult when I was like 16 or 17 mm. because I was living in LA with my girl group and we were pursuing our careers in the entertainment industry. And I was working with huge names, amazing people. Um, and it was awesome. And I loved it. It was truly my passion. I love writing. I loved writing music and singing and performing. That was our thing. Um, and then shortly after that, when I, right after high school, um, when, when we all graduated, cause we were the same age, um, our girl group ended up breaking up. And so then it was a blessing in disguise. Cause then it pushed me to go and do my own music and pursue my own, my own career on my, on my own. Um, and so that was awesome. And I did that until I was 21. And so throughout that time, I worked with all different types of writers and producers. I was working with um, different A&R guys and working on an album. And it was really cool. Yeah. And I loved it. Um, and then I kind of had an aha moment. Um, the summer when I was 21, um, X Factor, which is, yeah. I was going to bring it up. Oh, you were? I was. Yeah, I usually, I really don't I talk did some about research. this. I don't talk about but this at all. Something with your X Factor interview, and I'll let mm -hmm. you talk. Yeah. And I'll let you, because yeah. I learned something from you, and I really respected you. Oh, really? Even though it didn't, quote unquote, go the way that you wanted as yeah. much as you want, but you did something, and I'll tell you after you explain <laughs> okay. X Factor. Yeah, so this. was on my list. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. cool. Well, I can't, I can't believe I'm talking about this. I truly never talk about X Factor or my entertainment That means she's comfortable career. on some yeah. of <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's just because it, it shows my journey and it kind of explains who I am. Um, but basically, yeah, so I was called into X Factor. Um, so for those of you who don't know, X Factor is not um, the Fear Factor show. This is like American Idol. So it's just for singing. That's it. There's not dancing. It's only for singers. So it truly is like American Idol, Simon Cowell's on it, yep. et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I got a call for an audition. Instead of going to the audition, they called me and one of the producers I had worked with was working on the X Factor and like recommended me. So I flew out to Denver with my mom. It was awesome. And then um, from there, I made it to the Hollywood round. I got four yeses from the judges. It wow. was uh, Demi Lovato, Simon Cowell. Um, oh, gosh, there was two others. I can't remember right now. But anyways. These judges. Yeah, judges. And so I made it to, to L.A., and that was awesome. So then for about six months, I was in the X Factor world. Um, then I made it to top ten girls wow. on Demi Lovato's team. Yeah. That's so cool. It was really cool. So um, 
it was an experience for sure. And this is something way different. I had grown up in the industry, but nothing like this because this is reality TV. Yeah. Um, and it was an eye opener for sure. I had I have lived on sets, um, movies, commercials, things like that. That's that's literally how I made money. Um, was modeling and acting. Um, so I was very used to being on a set, but this was unlike anything else. Um, very negative energy. Um, very, it was a very dark time in my life, not just because I was going through a lot of changes, but the actual, uh, show in itself was like the people that were, yes, the people that were associated with it, the producers, it was just a very, a very dark place. I mean, for example, for example, one of the girls, um, who was 16 had a heat stroke because they didn't have air conditioning on. We weren't given enough water. Like there was just crazy things that were happening. And so, um, that show really pushed me to limits. <laughs> I kept telling my family um, when I got to talk to them because you weren't allowed to like call or see your friends or family. Um, I was like, "This for feels- how like for the show? Um, or yeah, for the for show. six months. Okay. Um, so like, I would see them because like I would go home. Um, so after I made it to the Hollywood round, I went home for like a couple of weeks, and then you prep. And then I went to LA. And you can't and share what's going on. Can't yeah. share anything. And then from LA, I stayed there for a couple weeks, and then like we had like a two week break, and then went home. And so you couldn't drive your car or have your phone there on set or anything like that. And so, like, I would call my parents. We'd get out of rehearsal at, like, 2 a.m. And so I'd, like, text my mom, hey, I'm okay. I love you. I'm back up at 7 a.m. tomorrow. Like, <laughs> yeah, grinding. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, it truly was the Hunger Games. And so <laughs> that was eye-opening. Um, and then I was let go after uh, I made it through top 10. It was like the battle round something or past the battle round, something like that. Um, and so then the next day, so that morning, actually, I'm very, I was very close with my grandparents. Uh, my grandpa had fallen and he mm. hit his head and he was bleeding internally. And so I didn't know until right before I got on stage the producers came up and told me because they, my mom had finally got a hold of them. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and my parents were in the audience because my mom broke away from the hospital and went to go watch. Um, and so it was one of those things where I like really wanted to stay on the show, but I also knew that if I stayed, I couldn't say goodbye to my grandpa. And so God made the choice for me. And so they let me go. Um, I didn't make it to the next round and it was truly for the better. And I was able to go say bye to my grandpa. And mm-hmm. then, um, that week I woke up, like literally woke up and, um, I thought like, I can still do this. I can do this on my own. I can do my, my own label. And so for, from September through December, um, I was producing my own album with writers. Uh, we were recording it. It was everything that I wanted. And then January 5th is my birthday. <laughs> I turned, um, uh, 21, 22. And, um, I woke up again and something, someone, God, an angel told me you need to leave the industry. It's not a place for you and you need to leave now. Like if you, and, and mind you, this is not a time in my life where I was particularly close with God. This is the kind of in the time where I was like, um, doing my own thing, beating to my own drum. I was very independent. I don't need anybody. You got a download and that download was like, hard it's like dude this is what you should do yes and so I could not explain it I woke up and I was like okay I'm done 
which is crazy. I had worked my entire life. Um, and it was, it was kind of like the, it's now or never moment. Like all the producers were like, you got to ride the high of X factor. Cause it was airing. And they're like, as soon as it airs, then you go out, you do your music and like, you just keep riding the wave. So like, this is the chance. Um, and I quit. I, I had never quit in my life. I have never given up anything, but I walked away because for whatever reason, um, I was, woke up to an angel telling me I have to leave. And then months later, I found out that some of the people I was working with, one person in particular was um, a sexual predator and wow. had basically done stuff um, during the time with one of the girls that I had known in that time. So that door was closing. The universe God was saying, don't go yes. there. I want you to go here. Yes. You listened. Yes. And that internal heart and that feeling that you get. Yeah. Because I don't know if you probably felt the same way when I was playing baseball. There was something off where I loved mm -hmm. the game, but I felt like I wasn't fulfilled the mm -hmm. way I wanted. Like it's, mm -hmm. I wanted to impact. Mm -hmm. And you can sing with, without a doubt mm -hmm. and impact with singing, you know, but mm -hmm. based on who you're around, what you're talking about, and internally just something was off. Yes, exactly. And I knew I could do it. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that I could have kept pursuing that as my career, mm -hmm. but I was saved like I I was working with people who were awesome and great but there were a few people who were very corrupt and God only knows what would have happened I have no idea yeah. um and I was saved and then right after that is when I went to college and I never thought ever in a million years I'd go to college like I was such what'd you go for um marketing marketing yeah so Which business is why marketing you're so good at yeah what you do. <laughs> thank you business marketing yeah so I I was such a snob to college. I was like, oh my gosh, I'll never go. And then I woke up and then had that epiphany and my mom said, okay, well, you got to do something with your life. You can't just sit here and do nothing. So go to school. So I went to school and the rest was history. It's where I met my husband the first day. First day? First day of orientation. Okay, explain. Walk yeah. us through that day. That's important. <laughs> okay, yeah. This will really show you my personality. So I, I met Brock the first day of orientation. And I was like, oh, wow. Who's this cute surf boy? Um, totally dude. Yeah. He has, he has uh, beautiful blonde hair, um, super tall. I'm like, wow, he's, he's really cute. And then I sat next to him, found out he was a baseball player. And I said, oh, gosh. I, nope. I dated a baseball player what? in high school. Why do you guys always <laughs> say that about baseball players, man? You guys don't have the greatest... Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, no, I was just like, I dated a baseball player in high school. I I know what you're about. There's some Yeah, like, ones. get away from me. Um, so he he didn't show any interest either. So I was like, okay, perfect. Good thing. You're cute, but goodbye. Um, so goodbye. then that was orientation. First day of school. Show up. Who's in my first class? No. Brock. Brock Iceman. I'm like, oh my gosh, that cute baseball player again. Um, and so then, yeah, basically we just became friends for nine months. Um, before that, I we were in an orientation group. This was like the first week of school. They do like a kind of like get you into the school um, as transfers so that you don't feel like you're isolated. Well, he was in group 19 and I was in a different group. And I still thought, like, he was an annoying baseball player, but he was good-looking, so I wanted to be in his group. We're so, annoying. Yeah. <laughs> can't trust us, but we're good-looking. Yeah, but, like, yeah, I can still look. Um, and so I erased <laughs> the number on my wristband, and I joined group 19, and I walked over, and I was like, hey, guys, uh, I'm in group 19. I'm late. Sorry, what's going on? And they're like, oh, you're not on the list. I'm like, yeah. 
they've been telling me that all day. Like they keep messing up my name. I don't know <laughs> where I'm supposed to be. Um, and so then I ended up being in this group and then we became best friends. That's awesome. Yeah. So did I possibly, um, strategically plan everything? Yes. <laughs> wow. But yeah. And then I actually found out that he was a lot more than, um, what he just looked like. He has the best heart I have ever known of anybody. He is a sports psychologist and he is after um, helping people and that that's is beautiful. his passion and that's what I fell in love with. It's yeah. like, wow, you really care. So Yeah, yeah. No, that's, it's, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. Now, going through, I think a lot of times when you go through these, these kind of walls and I said to you earlier before how sometimes our first dream is God's draft, universe's draft, preparing us for the dream that he had all along for us, mm. right? Which gets you here to this day. Because mm -hmm. I feel that, do you feel that you're on track with what you're, what you're supposed to be doing, designing, creating, you know, making an impact with what you're doing with, you know, with, with everything that with Finch and, and all that. Mm -hmm. But did you look at that stuff as failure? Did you look at that and says, no, that chapter is closing and I know who I am. I know my identity because identity is a big thing in today's world um, where people sometimes look at that failure and it just crushes them, but it doesn't crush them in a good way. It crushes them in a bad way. So maybe walk us through from that crushing time of that shift, then getting to meet Brian with Finch and everything and getting the clothing world. Yeah. Um, that's great. Well, to me, failure, I, I don't want to say that I don't believe in it, but I really don't think that, um, you fail or that you should dwell in it. Um, so I don't identify any of my past experiences as failures. Um, one, because I chose to walk away from them. I wasn't forced to. Yep. Um, but also because just if it didn't work out, it doesn't mean that you failed. It just means that it wasn't supposed to happen. Um, and that, so there's so many things in my life where I could look at them negatively and say that they were failures, but I really look at them as life lessons. And that's where I pull from like every single thing that I have done in my life. And I'm sure you can speak to it as well, yep. has built you up to be who you are today. Makes like, you stronger. Yeah, for sure. Like, there's nothing that I did in my life. Like, my motocross, my dancing, my theater, my, you know, trying to do all different types of things. It built me up to who I was. Um, I mean, I'm so passionate about that. And so I think that um, every single thing pushes you to a new door. So I talk about this with Brian, which you guys have heard Brian's podcast. Yeah, yeah everybody loves him. <laughs> yeah. He's a hit. Like, who's Steve? Yeah. Brian. He's, he's yeah. phenomenal. He's yeah. such a great friend and so authentic and real and just I respect him because he just he's a hustler. Oh, for sure. He does not he's so relentless. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Hey Brian. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, so Brian and I talk about this all the time. Like it's so funny how um, different experiences and doors in your life push you to where you are. So I would not know Brian if it wasn't for all of, like X Factor. So if we go all the way back to all of these things. Um, so when I was in X Factor, when I got out of that, um, at the same time I had been working cause I had to pay my bills. I was working at a clothing line. Um, it was called Living Doll. And so it was junior apparel, fast fashion, um, loved it. I, I was an intern when I was 18. And so that's how I paid my bills when I was living in LA and was like still being able to go to auditions and things like that. Um, and pursue my music career was being in the fashion industry. And to me it was like yin and yang. Yep. Like I was able to do both. They played into each other. Um, and so from there I grew up while I was doing the entertainment industry, I was also building my career in fashion, not knowing that I was, I was just there really to like learn, but it wasn't necessarily the career that I thought I wanted. 
that's where I learned, um, oh, I want to study marketing at school. So then my career ended at with X Factor and all of that stuff. And then I stayed working at Living Doll and I was going to school full time um, studying marketing. So I was doing both and um, working full time, going to school full time. And then from there, uh, the company Living Doll that I worked for was bought out by a bigger company. And so I was there through that whole situation. It was awesome to learn from. Um, So I went through that. And then we moved to our new building. And then that company was bought out by another company. um, Yeah, there's a a lot going on. This was... uh, uh, four years ago. So lots, lots of things going on in the economy. Everything was kind of changing, um, for the better. And so, um, yeah, we were bought out by a larger company, ran out of, um, Shanghai in China. And so that's where I met, um, this guy, uh, who was the CEO over in Shanghai at at our now headquarters. Um, and I had told him, yeah, I am finishing up school with marketing. I've been with Living Doll since I was 18. This is what I've been doing. He took my phone number, and mind you, I am, like, at the bottom of the totem pole. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Totem pole. pole. Yeah, Um, frog in a pole. Yeah, yeah, one of the things. I'm, like, at the very bottom. Um, The tadpole. Yeah, I was literally a tadpole. I was an infant um, in this industry and in this um, specific company. Um, Like, I was so far down the line, um, but I had pushed to get a meeting with him because I wanted to tell him about marketing, like, hey, Everything that you guys are doing are is like archaic. It's very old. You guys yep. don't have social media. Um, the new companies that were buying us out, Living Doll did, and I was like, I really don't think you should dissolve our department. You need to keep it because they were talking about dissolving it. Um, and so from there, um, he just kept my phone number and was like, okay, whatever, you know, like keep doing your thing. Six months later, text me. Um, Texts me and says, hey, download WeChat, which for those of you who don't know, it's like a communication, um, it's like how you text for China. For China. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay. And so then he texts me and was like, I need you to get on the first flight to Shanghai. I have an opportunity for you. Um, mind you, I just got engaged like three weeks before this. Um, I was trying to figure out like really, really praying like it's cool to look back at my journal to see where I was in that place. Like that's cool that you journal. Yeah. It's so for those of you who don't journal, like it is one therapeutic, but it's also so great to go back and reflect, like to look at the growth and see where your prayers were, or even just like, um, your, your vision boards were, or whatever it is that you do and look at that time and see the things that actually came true in that it's so grounding. I love it. Just give me goosebumps. (laughs) That is my jam. Um, So journal things, even if it's like a quick write-up. But anyways, when I go back, I was recently looking at my journal and I was praying so hard for like a sign or for a change in my life um, because I had just graduated college. I was still with the company that I had been with since I was 18. I needed a change. I needed to do something that was bigger um, and something that like fulfilled kind of what I thought my purpose was. Um, and then here comes the text message to come to, come to Shanghai. So I flew out, I went to Shanghai and this was in like the end of November, beginning of December at this point. And then I was told like, Hey, this is our plane. We have a company and it's called sugar high. Um, and we have the name, but we want you to basically take it on as your baby. Like it is a clothing line, do what you want with it. Uh, we just want to create it. And so I was like, okay, this is literally an opportunity of a lifetime. And it gets to be yours. Yes. Yeah. And so um, I wasn't the the 
CEO or anything like that, but I was the creative director and really <laughs> my role was technically the CEO just without the, the label. Um, so from there, I was introduced to my partner um, and from there, we basically just hit the ground running. I came back to the States. I started interviews, which was so cool being able to um, interview now people. I mostly interviewed from my college because I had known the program that they were coming out of. And I knew like that is exactly what I want on my team. And so interviewed lots of different people and built up our team. And then over a span of a couple of months, we were up to 14 people, um, which was great. A lot of different Things had happened during that time um, with our, our big investors that were in China. Like there was a lot of decisions. I probably would have kept the team a lot smaller and tighter just because mm. we were, even though we had a big backing, we were technically a startup. Um, and so I wanted to treat it like a startup. But at the end of the day, they wanted a lot more people. They saw power in numbers, um, like a lot more quantity over quality. Um, our team, though, was every single girl was an all-star every single it was mostly girls in our office but that's such an important <clears throat> thing with you have to draft the right people yes. into your organization into your business whatever model that you're in because if you're not drafting if you're looking for quantity versus quality it will never produce you know quantity will not always will not produce quality for sure you know quality sure. will can produce quality yes and understanding that and so that's a really good nugget yeah it, it was that was probably my biggest takeaway was Every girl, and I love all of them so much, they worked their butts off. Like, they they kicked ass. Like, they were great. Um, and now they're all pursuing, like, awesome careers. But we just had too many all-stars. Yeah. We only needed, like, five to, too many, to too make the, chefs in yeah, kitchen. Yeah, to make the boat go. Um, biggest, biggest things you learned during that season? Like, two, three things of, um, of being an entrepreneur, tips for learning, marketing, yeah, uh, definitely speak your mind when you feel like something's not right. It's because it's probably not right. Um, so I had a lot of gut feelings in the beginning that I would question and they would kind of shut me down and say like, oh, no, no, shh, 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 you're fine. Like, just keep moving. Keep doing what you do best. Mm -hmm. Don't ask too many questions about behind the curtain. Um, so that was looking back, I'm like, come on like I just kicked myself like you should have really pushed the envelope more with questions on all ethics all different types of things um so there was a lot of questionable things happening in that realm um and then another takeaway would be I'm huge on customer service that is anywhere I shop I shop because of their customer service um for all of the companies that I have worked for or with I push customer service for this. Um, the higher ups, <laughs> uh, did not believe in customer service. They thought it doesn't matter if you lose a customer, there'll always be another one. Um, whereas that's a bad mindset. Yeah. Which yeah. to me, yes, you're, you're always, it's inevitable to lose customers to other well, Why companies. did you lose them? Yes. Study why you lost them and also follow up with them. Like what, where was it that they decided to like not be a part of you know, your brand or what you believe in. And, um, so that's, that was a big takeaway for me because we, a lot of our quality and things kind of started to get worse the further we went. So everything that I was promised in the beginning, like sustainability was a huge one for me. I didn't want to be in the fast fashion anymore. I wanted to create things that were better for the world. And I, I was like, let's start with just at least recycled packaging, you know, simple things like that. Cause I know that our, 
our goods were not set up yet to be sustainable, but let's at least start somewhere, somewhere small. Mission is huge. Mm -hmm. And why you're doing what you're doing is everything. It's your energy. It's your, it's your vibe. It's, it's what gets you up in the morning. Definitely. And you know, with Finch, I remember when, when Brian was kind of just getting it going and then I want to get into that story yeah. of how you guys met. Yeah. Uh, Cause this is leading up to it. Yeah. That mission has to be clear. Definitely. And when the brand loses its story, it loses the identity. For sure. And that's, as, at the end of the day, that's kind of what happened at Sugar High. Um, they decided to pull out funding, blah, 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 blah. It just it was never set up for success. It was set up for a quick couple bucks and then turn it off, um, which I wasn't aware of. But during that time, we started out um, at an office. It was a shared workspace, kind of like a WeWork. Um, glass, the glass doors and walls were like in a fishbowl. Right across from <laughs> us was Brian's company. And so we literally looked wow. into each other. That's like true. our office doors were connected. Like That's we crazy. could not have yeah. been closer. Um, we're the only companies on the corner, the only ones looking at each other. Um, and so That's Brian, so yeah, we're in a fishbowl. Yeah, I see you yeah, over there. Come yeah, play with me. Exactly. And so like Brian has an office full of like tech, smart guys, like for the most part, good looking guys. And then my office was like all of these really good looking young girls. And so it was so like prom. Yeah. Or what side of the, yeah. Or it was like the bachelor, like every week I'm like, Oh gosh. Like my girls were like, Oh my gosh, did you see that guy? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> he, he looked at me in the kitchen. I'm like, Oh good Lord. We need to start working. Um, but anyway, so that's how Brian and I met. So we were literally hallmates. Um, and then from there he had kind of just been asking about sugar high, like what is it that you guys do? Um, like very interested in it. And I, I was kind of like, why are you asking so many questions? You're in tech. Like, <laughs> like, thank you for being so passionate about my brand, but I'm a little confused. <laughs> and so then a couple of months later, he told us, um, told me and one of my girls that he was launching, um, Finch. Um, which was under a different name at that time in the subscription plan. I was like, oh, that's awesome. And so then from there, we just kept in contact with each other. And that was June of 2018. And then we both, at the exact same time, Brian left to go to another office. And so did we. We went and got a bigger building. And from there, that's kind of when things on my end of Sugar High started to fall apart. Um, things just weren't working out um mm -hmm. a lot of promises weren't being fulfilled and um so the doors ended up closing officially in december um and then from december through about march i was just doing like freelance stuff kind of consulting for a lot of other companies that had been competitors in the past yeah um they had always known i've always like kept in contact with them and then decided to go and consult for them and that's when brian reached out and slid into the DMs <laughs> literally on Instagram and was like, That's hey, wild. yeah, was like, hey, let's grab a coffee. Um, I have this concept and I think it'd be great to talk about it. So met with him and then I learned about Finch, the new Finch, the sustainable Finch. Yep. And within minutes, I was like, yes. You bought into the vision. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm down. <laughs> and Brian said on a podcast and we've always said is the meeting that you don't take is a meeting that you did need to take. Mm. Yes. Yes. I could not agree with that more. Take all the meetings, all of them. Yeah. There's so, like, there's some people that we have that are investing in Finch and that's because of meetings that we took, I took, Brian took, that we had no idea would learn, um, lead into investments, but they did. 
It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so you never know, like years down the line, you never know who you're going to call or who is going to call you. Yep. Keep the phone numbers. Do not delete your phone numbers. Yeah. Um, and if you think that they're going to be someone special, don't unfollow them. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you want to make sure that you keep your contacts. Yeah. Your, your connections is your, your doorway to um, potential business, potential relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so true. And you, you can't succeed in the same zip code and the same, you know, uh, group that you've always been around. Mm-hmm. You've got to develop new relationships and, and all that. I mean, Anthony, who's, um, he's one of the content guys and he's an amazing videographer. Uh, we're going to have him on the podcast actually <laughs> uh, one day soon uh, as well. He's, awesome. he's, he's got some really good stuff, but you know, through Facebook, it just connected and he was friends with Brian and mm-hmm. we haven't seen, he hasn't talked in a while. And we started talking about what we were doing with some rock life and, you know, the brand that inspires and gives back. And now, you know, he's here in California. And, you know, if you're, you're hearing this or watch this and you see a vlog, that's because my man Anthony did that. And, uh, Shout out to Anthony. Anthony. Say hello in the background. What's up, guys? <laughs> so, uh, but it's, it's, it's that one little doorway mm-hmm. that could change your whole life. For sure. It's, it's like that scout when you play baseball and you're like, he's watching you, but you don't even realize you perform the best that you are. Yes. This is good stuff. Your yeah. story is awesome. Thank you. I got like Thanks. five more minutes. I want to ask you a couple of things is... Your, one thing I realized with your story is your troubles of life or your, your downs was your transportation to get you to where you are. Mm. And I think when we look at our troubles as transportation, mm-hmm. it's, I love a, that. it's a whole different world. Yeah. And what I love about you is, is you're authentic. You're you. <laughs> we live in such an artificial world where we're trying to be something that we're not. And it's hard. It's, I say that, I mentioned that in my book. It's like that mass. It's that avatar it's that mm-hmm. phantom success and we've all been there you know and sometimes you even get caught up with it mm-hmm. because everybody else is doing it you know where it's myspace and, and mm-hmm. iphone it's like no it's not about only you it's it's other people as well mm-hmm. how have you maintained brie being just um authentic and not you know did you ever str- struggle with the artificial world and and continue to just be authentic in you because I, I see that with you thank you you're just um, chill you're like that <laughs> california like <laughs> Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I think everybody, everybody goes through identity. Um, I wouldn't say crisis, but like who you are, what am I doing? Um, As far as, you know, physically, what do I look like? Like, is this really my style? Or um, internally, like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing for work? Is this what I'm supposed to be doing for my career, my life, my my family? Um, So I just... I really try to block things out. So looking at social media is so hard. It's such a beautiful place to find like positivity, but it's also a place where you find a lot of comparison. Um, And it's a time in our generation where people are constantly comparing and trying to one up each other. Like it is literally a platform where it can do so much good, but it also does so much harm. And so when I find myself starting to compare people or, or beat myself up because I don't have what they have yet, or or I don't look like this, or I can't do this right now, um, I just turn it off. Um, and that has been really hard for me. Um, I started setting social times on my phone, super easy. You can go in for time management on your phone yeah. and it will like alert you, hey, you've been on social media for an hour today. It's like, okay, I need to turn it off. Um, but yeah, so that's one way that I... It's a good point. Yeah, I try to you know, stay focused on my path and my journey, my family, my career. Your lane. Yes. Stay in your lane. Um, I mean, even with Finch, it is so exciting. We are a new brand. Um, 
at the same time, it's hard not to look at all of our competitors and obsess over them. So you have to, there's a fine line of like studying and then obsessing. Um, like I have to study the marketplace. I have to study the people who were in similar lanes um, so that we could beat them. <laughs> but I also can't get to a place of um, comparison and like in, in dwelling in that. Yeah. Now that's, that's beautiful stuff. And um, you know, last thing, and then, um, you know, I definitely want to know about the future where you mm. see yourself, uh, funniest stories about Brie. If you oh, had to gosh. pick out like one or two things of funny stories <laughs> about recently, your childhood, like just funny things that people may not know about you of things that happened. Funny things. Funny oh, stories. Gosh. We, we learned about X Factor. Yeah. Okay. Right? Well, you guys learned about X Factor. That's pretty deep. I like just put you in my diaries. Like this is getting <laughs> real deep. Um, something that's funny, I guess would be... Oh gosh, I don't even know. Well, or life resume moments that were yeah. like really significant things. Um, well, oh my gosh, I don't even know. Um, so life big significant moments would definitely be. Um, I mean, I know this sounds a little cheesy, but the day that Brock and I were married, it was like truly the biggest moment of my life. Like I have done big things in my life, but nothing like that. Um, and that's, that was like a huge moment Why? for me. What, did it do? what was um, that moment like for you? Because it was, we both come from, we are so lucky and so blessed that both of our sides of our family are so strong, um, like in the sense of marriage and love and faith. And so it was incredible to look out at our guests and know that like we were surrounded by people that love us and that our legacy is only going to continue and get stronger. Um, so that was a huge life moment. And then something that's funny, um, I guess would be, um, I have webbed toes. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> so you're that's, fast at yeah, swimming. Yeah, I'm super fast at swimming. Not that great at surfing. Brock takes the cake on that one. Do you ski or snowboard? Snowboard. Yeah. Uh, Love to snowboard. Mammoth Mountain? Yes. Dude, that place is... Oh, it's uh, it's wicked. Yeah. It's, it's in the book. I talk about Scotty's Run. Okay. Which they, you know, yeah. I learned skiing because all my guys were like skiing without <laughs> me when I first started, oh my like gosh. a couple years yeah. ago. I'm like, they're going to the top. Yeah. That's not fair. And it's the same like, thing with I'm life. on the bunny slopes. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> trying to do the pizza and all yeah. that stuff. And then, and then they go to the top, and then I learn over the years. And then yeah. they bring me to Mammoth Mountain last year, mm -hmm. 11,000 feet in the air. Oh, it's the best. And I slide down, and it's just, but it's when you're in nature. I'm sure you're a nature person. Yeah. Are you I the am. same type where it's like you, when you're in your element of nature, you're just so creative, you're so like oh. at peace, you're, you're, yes. you're, you are who you're supposed to be? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, something that I, I believe in so much is when you are stuck in concrete jungle, which is literally <laughs> New York City. <laughs> yeah. New York City. Also here, like even yeah. though I'm by the beach, everything that we're surrounded by is like hustle and bustle, freeways, concrete buildings. Um, I try and Brock and I try to get out as much as we can. Like Utah is one of our favorite places, spring, summer, winter. It's, it's stunning. Um, we try to get in nature and it balances you real quick. Like yes. if you are a little bit off, it's because you haven't been in touch with mother earth. Like you need to yep. go out and, and see the beauty and the beautiful things that are around us. And even through snowboarding, like this year we went, um, went to Mammoth, we went to Brian Head in Utah. Um, it's so beautiful. And just to be on a mountain where it's like crisp, white, and silent, yep. you can't get that anywhere. No. You can't even get that at the beach. There, I mean, our beaches are so crowded. Because <laughs> nothing's thinking for you. Yeah. You know, nature is doing the thinking. And mm -hmm. what's so wild, I was talking to somebody the other day 
nature's been around the longest. Mm, mm-hmm. It knows more than us. I think <laughs> I feel like nature and trees and mm-hmm. animals laugh at us. They're wise. They're like, look at those. Like, I don't know if this might be a little too deep, but like, yeah. they're like, look at those humans. They're so dumb. <laughs> they're just like, they don't get it. They're just this rat race, this and that. We're mm-hmm. ch- they're chasing this piece of paper that they decided to call it value. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, I get it. You got to have value and mm-hmm. barter system and all that. Mm-hmm. But like, you look at them, they're just like, life's good. Yeah. And they're like, this guy is anxiety. It's like we created it. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that way? For sure. For sure. I mean, I. it's really funny that Finch is is called Finch because birds are like a big thing for me. Um, I always look at them. I'm like, what a beautiful, peaceful life they live. Mm. Um, and they look at everything. I mean, they sing in the morning. Yeah. Praise. They're literally praising every morning because it's sunny and because they're alive. Like, wow. You can't, Never thought of that you can't get more humble than that. And it, what's interesting about your uh, video that you did an amazing mm. job. You got to check it out, guys. It's on, <laughs> it's on uh, YouTube. Yeah, or, it's on yeah. YouTube. So type in Finch Activewear, and then it's uh, the best activewear on earth. Yeah, she does an amazing <laughs> job. I got to give you a high five for that. Thank amazing you. acting. <laughs> and there's a Finch in the back that's going by. I know. That was great. Like, we did not pay that bird. That bird was not an actor, and it flew through at the perfect moment. It was awesome. Yeah. Every time I watch it, I'm like, you can't pay for that. Yeah. You couldn't buy that bird. It was so good. This is this has been awesome. And, you know, in, in wrapping up, uh, the future for you, for you and for Finch, where, where do you see yourself the next two, yeah. three years? Yeah. Um, well, the future, I am so excited for Finch. This is everything that I have worked on in my life has led up to Finch. Uh, truly, and I can say that wholeheartedly, that I I have so much passion and excitement for this project. I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> I am so excited. Um, so Finch, to me, we, we're going to provide the best activewear on earth for people because it is made from sustainable products, but it's also meant to motivate people, make them feel amazing um, in their practice, whatever that is, if it's walking, dog walking, hiking, um, boxing, whatever it is. And I'm so excited to deliver goods to people that is going to motivate them and bring happiness at their doorstep. Yeah. Um, cause we we sell everything online and we are subscription based. So, um, it is to your door. Um, and that is something I'm very excited mm-hmm. about and I'm excited to, um, we have a lot of other things on the books, um, that we'll be rolling out in the next That's nine so to 12 months, which, I can't wait. We'll really be getting involved with communities um, physically. So That's fill great. in the blanks there. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you guys are just doing so many great things. And you, the, the vibe that you guys have as a, as a company, mm-hmm. uh, I'm praying for you guys. And I know you're already having some, so many breakthroughs that you can't even talk about yet. <laughs> Thank you. But um, really wish you guys just tremendous success. And where can people follow you? Thank you. Uh, they can follow follow Finch at where Finch W E A R Finch F I N C H on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're also on Facebook and then me personally is Bree B R E E Randall R A N D A L L on Instagram. Bam. Yeah, that's it. I love it. You've been (laughs) such a blessing. Thank you. And I know you guys have great, great success in the future and you just, you have an amazing presence. You speak so well. Thank you. And (laughs) for 26 years old, man, like you just got a a lot of good things to look forward to. Thank you. So we got one more thing. You ready for this? Hit me. Right. (laughs) Um, so we ask a question at the end of every podcast. It's the Mm. end all be all question. Right. So you ready for this? Yeah. Hit me. So Summer Rock Life Nation, the question of the podcast. Ready? So if you had a billboard for the whole world to see, Mm. what would your message be to the world? Brie. Dang, that's good. One sentence or one word? What would your message be to the world if you had a billboard for everybody to see it? 
My billboard, uh, this one's pretty easy. It would be do more, which is actually our motto for Finch. Why? Do more. So do more in your life. Do more for your family. Do more for your health. Do more for your your being. Um, everything that you do, just do more. Um, push yourself to be to the limit. And I, I live by that. Brian lives by that. I know you live by that. Like mm-hmm. push yourself and do more. Love in it. a safe space. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Such a blessing. Great having her on, guys. Check her out and uh, watch the journey of Finch. They're going to be a a brand that many people know and wear without a doubt and just really making a difference in this world. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Check us out on sunrocklife.com. Leave reviews, please. Uh, Share this with people to help them impact, to get them through their journey. And thanks for tuning in and have a blessed week. And you guys rock. Living to inspire. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Many people have been asking what Seven Rock Life is about. It first came from a book I wrote, which you can find on sevenrocklife.com or Amazon called The Seven Rocks of Life. This book was designed to help those out there hurting or lost in life that just need direction and maybe have no one to turn to. And through my hardest time of life when I hit rock bottom at 31 years old, learning and discovering these seven rocks of life saved my life and helped me get out of my lowest point. I tell the story of how the brand came about and go through each rock of life in detail throughout the book. Through that time, I decided to start journaling on my phone, things I was learning and discovering about life and, and even myself. During this hard time of life, people I was blessed to be around, you know, they saw me and changed a lot and said, you should write a book to share the Seven Rock Life mentality. So I did and decided to share it with the world. Now with Seven Rock Life clothing, that came because of a story of when I went to Dominican Republic to play baseball at 16 years old. You can visit that at stevenzirkel.com slash charity to see the whole story. What's really great about this clothing brand is every month we donate Seven Rock Life clothes and items to many different causes and charities based on how many items are bought for the month. So every item that somebody buys, another item is donated. The first of every month we share on our Instagram page, which is at Seven Rock Life, where we donate and how many items as well. I wish I could take full credit for this brand, but I give all the credit to God. You know, He helped me create it, and i just just renting it out while I'm here. We believe if life has given us so much, we should give back to it. Another mission we have is to build schools and playgrounds around the world. I believe learning and having fun every day is the key to life uh, and staying young. So visit sevenrocklife.com to shop and help with giving back to the world. We are a brand that lives to inspire, living that VCF life every day. Always remember, smile in life and dream big, dream often. Have a blessed week.